www.millerandcondon.net. The PSJs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Um, Bama Bob's music. Welcome back. Hour number two, Miller and Condon with you until 11. Bottom of the hour, Dave Sproul, who's moments away from taking part in Matt Campbell's teleconference. He will recap that, recap the weekend, and take a quick look ahead to Texas Tech, who pays a visit. ABC has the television. The bus has the radio. Uh, 2.30 kickoff. Uh, the pregame on the bus at uh, 12.30. Cyclone sound off down the dial. WHO follows the game, as it always does, until the Hawks come back, and then it moves over here. Got follow, that? You follow along? I think I got it all. Let's get Bama Bob in here as we recap the weekend. Bama, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Bama Bob. How are you? Uh, better than Tom Herman, thank you. Oof. You know, I was just thinking that during the break, the Red River shootout this year, oof, kind of loses yeah. a little bit of its luster, does it not? I mean, Texas is lucky to be Texas Tech. Oklahoma's winless right. in the conference. The, the, the conference's marquee game has two, I don't know, dare to say, mediocre football teams. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a good look, and but you know, congratulations first of all to Iowa State. How about you that? Know, we talked about that Friday. I really thought that they, you know, we all thought that they could go toe to toe and could really play with Oklahoma, and they did. Um, you know, maybe got a little bit of a break on that last pick, but yeah. I, I don't think that was enough to, you know, just they, listen. They just outplayed Oklahoma, and we saw Rattler make a mistake that mm-hmm. young quarterbacks make. I mean, he probably. A, you know, he didn't need to go for it all right there. But overall, a great win. It's too bad. The only thing is, is with a lot of these games, it's just too bad. You couldn't have had a packed Jack mm-hmm. Trice Stadium. Um, I'm glad there were some fans there. But, you know, guys, you talk about the Big 12, and, and it, maybe it crosses into the SEC a little bit. But after what we saw, in, uh, you know, with Alabama and A&M, you guys are closer to the Big 12. Who's the best team in the state of Texas right now? Ooh. Who's the best team? I mean, um, gets their door SMU, off. SMU, yeah. SMU, maybe. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, I know they have the best record, but, you know, Baylor loses to West Virginia. Texas Tech loses to mm-hmm. Kansas State. Mm-hmm. A&M falls. Texas loses to TCU. A&M gets their doors blown off at Alabama. I mean, I, God, the state of Texas football right now is the, the, the state of the state of Texas in college football is – Maybe as bad as it's been in a long time. And credit to Bichelle, who probably could have transferred to a lot of different places. Maybe this is something that you go to a power place, it doesn't work out. It makes more sense than trying to take that next stop. Alex Hornibrook leaves Wisconsin to go to Florida State. He wasn't good there. Mm -hmm. But if you would have went to a place in the mid-range of the FBS, go to a place like that, put up the numbers, have a great senior year. Boy, I think maybe more and more guys need to look at that and understand maybe the best place for them is going to a place like SMU. If you're good enough, the NFL is going to find you. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. I mean, if Bill Belichick's going to draft a guy from, was it Lenore Ryan or whatever it was (laughs) in the second round, they'll find you. I mean, if you can play, and that's one of the great things, especially if you play four years, and I'm a big proponent of the senior ball. I grew up in Pensacola. I went over there, you know, 
several years when I was, when I lived down there, and you know that that is just if if you're in a college football or a pro junkie, I mean, you go to the Senior Bowl every year, and it's changed a little bit and gotten corporate, but everybody is down there. Every single scout, GM, head coach is in Mobile for that, and they do a great job of you know pulling guys in from you know uh, HBCUs from Division Two guys that can play again if they if you can play they will find you and I think you're you're spot on there with with Bouchelle. I mean it's and SMU might be the best team in the state I don't know I mean but it's it is just uh, it's not good right now and uh, not only in the Big Twelve but again you know Jimbo Fisher and the SEC I mean it's not you know. An ugly win against Vanderbilt, and now getting your doors blown off in Tuscaloosa, not what you're looking for if you're uh, if you're for that guaranteed $75 million, 10-year guaranteed contract. Well, let's go around the three power conferences, get a hit from both of you on what you've uh, learned about the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC. Uh, Trent, we'll start in the, uh, in the ACC this weekend. North Carolina got a scare put into them by Boston College. Clemson did what Clemson usually does. Uh, Florida State. What, what was your takeaway on the ACC? Yeah, Florida State getting down and mm-hmm. uh, and coming back. That that was certainly, I thought, very impressive. Pittsburgh. This is what Pitt does. I was disappointed. Yeah, in they, that. you know they're going to have a dumb loss somewhere. Yeah, this defense is too talented to give up mm-hmm. thirty points to NC State. They had a quarterback throw for over four hundred yards, and they mm-hmm. lose a football game at Pitt. But that's what Pitt football has been. Boy, it feels like for the last 40 years. I mean, ever since those late 70s, early 80s teams with majors and company when they were playing for national championships, this is what Pitt was. That was a huge disappointment because I thought they had the pieces not to win the conference, but to be an 8-2 and two type of team, uh-huh. and they're probably going to be back in that middling 6-4 and four type of range. Alabama, ACC take from you? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Um, you know, I guess you give credit to NC State for the win. But like you said, you throw for 400 yards and you lose, which is not uncommon. I mean, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of teams throw. And if you can't run the ball, you're going to throw for a lot, especially in that league. But I thought it was a good win for North Carolina. Boston College is not terrible. But, listen, they think they, what they had to do. They went on the road and won. Clemson, I thought, yeah, in the end, they covered the spread. It's 41-23. I don't if you can call that a pedestrian win, I mean, because they really were never threatened and right. controlled that game. And, you know, Etienne is, you know, I, he's back to what we thought, I think, you know, he would be in that whole Heisman conversation. And him and Lawrence are just a great one-two punch. And now they're running it a little bit. And, um, you know, he had, what, five catches for over 100 yep. yards. And he's just such a weapon. I mean, he's in that – he so reminds me of back in the day, uh, Percy Harvin for Florida, the mm. way they used him just all over the field, and, and you're going to figure out a way to get it to him in space, on the move, straight handoff, throwing it to him, whatever. I mean, it's just you just put the ball in his hands enough times, and he's going to make plays for you. So um, not not a whole lot to take away. I, I knew Jacksonville State would give Florida State hell, and they did. I was really hoping they could finish <laughs> it, but as often happens, you know, they kind of run out of depth or steam or whatever, but – um, listen, we're going to find out if, if this is more than a one team. North Carolina, we talked about, still still has a little bit of a chance, but we're going to find out this week if this is more than just a one-team conference yep. when uh, Miami goes to Clemson. Indeed. Let's get to the uh, the Big 12, Bama. Uh, but just real quick on Pitt. Pitt had first and goal fellas at the one. Yeah. And didn't score in the first half. So, uh, Bama, let's yeah. go. Let's go to the Big Twelve. You talked about Oklahoma and Iowa State. Any other takeaway from the Big Twelve this weekend that happened on the field? It just 
just the the mediocrity of yeah. it. I mean, you know, TCU, and again, you know, Iowa State might be the best team in that conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, them or Oklahoma State, I, mean, I think. Th- yeah, I agree. I mean, look, it's can they run the table? I don't know. This this is a this is a tough game coming. I mean, you guys know this. Texas Tech coming in, even off a loss. I mean, they're just they're they're no fun to play against. They never they never are. They're going to chuck it every around yep. the yard everywhere. I mean, I thought Matt Campbell. Um, I saw his interview walking off the field. And he I was thought, pissed he, off, he was, wasn't he? He was. Yes. And it was one of those things where I mean, he was mad at the way they played. Yep. I think it's a good thing. Me too. But his comment it was kind of he says, unfortunately at Iowa State you have to go week to week on these. And I'm like that to me was just the unfortunately when he called it that I didn't I didn't quite get that. But I mean, look he. I think he thought that if they'd have played to their potential, they wouldn't have had to sweat it out at the end. And he's mm-hmm. probably right. I mean, yep. they've got they've got a, a you know what I consider a very tough quarterback. He's not is he an NFL guy? I don't I don't really know. Probably not. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, at least a franchise difference maker. Maybe he'll get a shot. Um, they've got a stud running back. Yep. They've got a great defensive end. They've got good linebackers. That tight end is a freaking monster um out there literally um, i just he's six yeah. six Kohler. I, mean, I mean oh my god that 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 one fade that they threw to him and you got you see this little defensive back yeah. you know, needs a ladder to climb up to to reach him i mean it, it was i mean he's such a weapon in the mismatch so they've got everything they need i think and i mean listen if you're ever going to do it i i think this is the year you need to get it done and, and he was right i mean he's had interest in the you know, from the NFL, he to his credit, he spurned it. He stayed. Maybe he's looking for you know the opportunity. If one comes calling, I don't know. But what he's done there in Ames, I think, over the last four or five years is impressive. And um, you know, Texas. When when is I, Tom Herman again? You know, I'm not his biggest fan. Never have been. Don't like the excuses. Don't like his attitude. Don't like a lot about him. Um, but man, they see, they pull one of these every single year, and at some point, again, you're paying a guy all this money, and there's no excuses. You can't blame any of this on Mac Brown. I mean, this is all you. And Ellinger talks talks. And I can't tell if there's a fracture in that program or not because when Ellinger comes out and says this university deserves better, I don't know what he means by that. Mm. Does he mean by, you know, hey, they deserve a better performance from a team, from me? From the coaching staff, is there starting to be a little bit of a, you know, we're not really trusting this, or was this just a, hey, pin this one on me? I, um, I, there's a lot going on at Texas, and listen, they 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 need this game more than Oklahoma does. Lincoln Riley's got a lot of money in the bank, I think, at Oklahoma, and they can have sort of a down year this year with a new quarterback. But, man, if uh, if Texas loses to Oklahoma, I mean, it, I, think, I think Tom Herman's going to be on the clock. Bama, get out your uh, Bama crystal ball. Who plays in the Big 12 championship game? Man. Um, I, I, oh, man. I think it's going to be two of these three. And I don't, I know it sounds like a cop out. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Baylor. I'm still not giving up on Baylor. Mm. Um, I think they're, I, I like Charlie Brewer. If he can stay healthy. Right. Okay. I still think they can throw it enough. They're dangerous enough. We saw it last year. They're physical enough that they can give some teams trouble right now. I mean, you can't take anything away you know, away from Oklahoma's state's win over Kansas. Kansas is just so putrid. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But you I, know what I, I am giving them credit be- for? But now, Bama, remember after they beat Oklahoma, or Oklahoma State beat Tulsa, and we both came on here the, the following Monday, yeah. all three of us. Wow, that's Oklahoma State. If they they struggled against Tulsa, they can't be very good. Well, Tulsa's not bad. Yeah, they just beat knocked off UCF precisely. Um, yeah, number eleven. So yeah, you're right. Um, I think I think Oklahoma State and Iowa State right now are the are the favorites yep, in that too. conference. You, you you can if Texas wins this week, you can't discount them because of the talent. And I still think Ellinger is maybe the best quarterback in terms of talent in that conference. If Texas loses to Oklahoma. I think I still think it's a three-team race between Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Baylor. I just think Baylor is has maybe has enough with Brewer uh, to pull off an upset or two along the way. All right, let's get to the SEC. Bama, you sent Trent and I a trivia question in the middle of the afternoon, and I I, I took a stab at it. Um, but your trivia question was what? And then we'll give the listeners like twenty seconds to try and figure it out on their own. I'd have never got this in a million years, but fire away. <laughs> Well, it's not your trivia yeah, heard, question. And I, you... and I heard it on. I heard it on uh, Gary Danielson. I think dropped it. He just kind of dropped it casually uh, in the middle of the uh, of the Alabama A uh, and M game. And that is, who has the longest winning streak among FBS teams? Current winning streak right now among FBS teams. Yeah. And it is a team in the SEC. <laughs> right. I probably should have guessed it, that. You know that it was going yeah. to be an SEC related team, but it's not the one anybody would have thought of. No, you'd go to Alabama. No, well, was... LSU lost a game. Okay, it's not them. But your mind yeah. uh, goes to a team clad in orange, Bama. It's Tennessee at Jeez. eight. That's the longest winning streak in the country right now among FBS teams. It's are crazy. they? Are they back, I Bama? Up. Are they back? Uh, we'll find out this oh, week. Oh, they got Georgia. Um, I think there's yeah. They're at Georgia. Uh, who just? At, I mean, listen, Auburn just. I mean, that was just an egg. That was an unprepared football team that got exposed with every weakness that they have, their offensive line, their lack of playmakers, their lack of a running game. Uh, Everything they had got exposed by Georgia. And, um, you know, we kind of – listen, I said if JT Daniels doesn't play, Georgia doesn't win. Shows what I know. Uh, Stetson Barrett came in. Played played well. Not great. Played okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, Certainly enough to beat – uh, an Auburn team that that defense held the six points, but yeah, I think this week we're going to know we're going to know a lot about two teams this week. That's Tennessee and Miami, and we can get to that later on. I know, but mm-hmm. um, listen, we talked about it before. Tennessee to me and Jeremy Pruitt was a team on the brink last year after they lost uh, at Alabama. He kind of threw his quarterback under the bus a little bit. Um, the kid stayed with him. Um, and they've basically run off now eight in a row. I mean, you know, five in a row to get to a ball game last year, win the ball game, two straight this year, Jarrett, you know, Guartano. And he, listen, he's not a guy, again, that's going to set the world on fire, but they, they, Wartman like win against Missouri, um, you know, ran it for over 200. Uh, but yeah, I, we're going to find out if they're truly, they're, they're back among the middle tier. I will put it that way. We'll find out when they go to Georgia this week. And, of course, they'll still have Florida and Alabama on the schedule. Are they really back? But, um, they're one of these teams that I think is kind of maybe now right under that Florida, Georgia, Bama, LSU uh, level. But it seems like the the, the, the hard times are over uh, in Knoxville. That's how I see it. Anyway, Bama, I, gotta, I think so, yeah, absolutely. i, I got to ask you this. So I'm, I'm watching uh, Alabama and Texas A&M, and Alabama's doing what Alabama normally does, right, with that core of receivers that they've got. But Gary Danielson 
he would. I don't know if he was poking holes or the game was out of hand, and he's trying to find a reason to, you know, not to knock Alabama, but a concern. He's concerned that they don't have the running attack that normally a Nick Saban uh, national championship contender normally has. And gosh knows they've had some good ones. When when you look at this Alabama team, is that the Achilles' heel? Can they do? Can they run the football enough, Bama? I think. Ultimately, they'll be able to because they they do have a really good offensive line. They've got two guys that are probably going to be in the first round. Uh, Alex Leatherwood being the you know the the left tackle will be one of them. There's another guy on there uh, that'll probably be a, a first round pick or you know high second at least. Um, it is a concern. I mean, they got out they got out gained on the ground by by Texas A and M. They only ran it for a little over a hundred yards. And when you have a, a line like that. When you're throwing it the way they do, okay, Mac Jones for 435 yards. And, oh, by the way, you know, like as if Waddle and Devonta Smith aren't enough, along comes John Mechie, mm-hmm. you know, for five catches for 181 yards, including two bombs. So, it's like, they just got another guy, you know, just kind of plugs into that Jerry Judy role like they need another one. Um, but, yeah, I think, listen, the SEC has changed, okay, and, and Lane Kiffin changed it. And Danielson mentioned that as well. Okay, when Kiffin came in 2015, and you know you had Jay Coker, and of course Tua, that this conference has changed. You can't just run it for 350 yards anymore like you used to. Um, but you need to run it some. We saw that I think with Mississippi State. Everybody got all excited about KJ Costello last week. He throws it 59 times in a 21 to 14 game. He throws it 59 times and they lose because yeah. he throws three picks. Um, the defenses are good enough. If you put it up 45, 50, 60 times a game, they're going to hit you. You're going to fumble. You're going to throw enough picks uh, that you're going to lose, and that's what happened to Mississippi State. But, yes, I think there is a bit of a concern about the ground game. I think you'll see it more. I think you'll see them run it more, maybe a little bit out of necessity this week when they go to Oxford because we know now through two games that, you know, Ole Miss is going to put up points, so you're going to want to keep that defense, that that offense off the off the field, and you do that generally by controlling the clock. So um, there's a little bit of a concern. It's not a worry yet. We'll find out again in two weeks. They're going to get tested this week. I expect them to pass the test against Ole Miss, and then they host Georgia in two weeks. So mm-hmm. you know, we'll find out uh, in a couple weeks whether they can really run it and. You know, if this is a typical Alabama team, but they're a throw first team is just about every team in this conference is now. And tip of the ball cap to Arkansas getting that win. How about that? Beating yeah. Leach. Well, Sam Pittman. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> Sam Pittman, it certainly was not an inspired choice. Right. It was a guy, but you look at his career. He played at Pittsburgh State down in Kansas. His career as basically a lifelong assistant coach, all kinds of places, junior college. He started in high school for this first four or five years after uh, being a grad assistant. Bounced around from big programs to small programs. Just a career assistant and to go out there, I don't think it'll work at Arkansas, but he at least no. he's going to bring some toughness to that program, something that was certainly lacking under Morris. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's a great point, Trent. I'm glad you brought that up. Guys, this is the last thing. we got a minute left. And for once, seemingly, when we end this segment, we ask, well, what the, the one game you're most looking forward to this upcoming weekend, you can kind of make a case for two or three of them. Bama, the one game you're looking most forward to, I know where you're going. You're going 6.30 on ABC. Um, why is Miami-Clemson that game? Or is it? I just think that 
you know, we, we really need to see if, if Miami is back yet. Yeah. It seems like they have all the ingredients. Um, it seems like they have the quarterback. Uh, the defense, now, again, you know, they play, you can't take much out of the schedule. Um, you know, I thought the win at Louisville was, was pretty good. We all know Florida State's putrid. Um, I think Clemson's going to be fired, more fired up for this game because they're going to hear all the talk to, oh, mm-hmm. look out, you know, look out for Miami. They're coming for your crown. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, that, that one to me, if I had to watch only one, there's a couple really. I can only pick one. <laughs> I know, but if I had to watch one, it would probably be in the ACC because I really want to see can anybody challenge Clemson? I'm and even you. if they don't win, can they challenge them? Can they? Are they athletically enough to challenge? Good yeah, enough to challenge. Tease us a little bit to think that the ACC championships uh, something we're going to have to watch. Trent, for you, it's not that game for me because I think it's going to be a clubbing. I, I think this thing's going to be hideous and. The whole conversation is the U back. They're not back till they win a national championship. Being good enough is not what we grew up thinking mm-hmm, of Miami true. football. Yeah. What they were through mm-hmm. the 80s and the 90s, it was not just swagger, but they were a whole lot better than everybody else. They're not close to that level, and until they get there, I don't think we can have that conversation. For me, it's Texas-Oklahoma. I want to watch this train wreck. I want to watch <laughs> this tire fire. I want to see it up close and just see how ugly it is and very well be with how awful both these defenses is. First to 60, first to 70. Mm. Uh, this thing has 63, 56, something like that, Destin. That's the game for me. Well, I was going to pick my cats against uh, against the Pirate, but no. I think I'm going to go in the middle of the afternoon on CBS. Well, I'm going to be watching Texas Tech and Iowa State. Mm-hmm. But that uh, Georgia-Tennessee game is Tennessee back. Good, well, Fellas, the good news is all those games we spoke about, we will preview them uh, five days from right now. Bama Friday, 11.05. Mark it on your calendar. Trent, you and I have a date. Thank you, Bama. Have a great week. Chiseled in stone, Ken. Always look forward to it. Thanks, pal. Good to talk to you. Bama Bob uh, talking college football. Uh, Dave Sproul is uh, off the phone with Matt Campbell at that teleconference. Dave Sproul from KASI in Ames. What did uh, he find out? Was there any news made in the Campbell teleconference? We'll find out next when Sproul joins us. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO and Oh, we got to give away a thousand dollars. At least try to. Yeah. Thanks to Mister's Brewing Company. Let's do that now. And come on, let's get a winner right away, right out of the gates. That'd be great. Pressure would be off if indeed oh, that's yes, the way it yes. happened. It's time for another thousand dollar handoff. Text the keyword "family" to two hundred two hundred right now. Your chance to win a thousand dollars. Family to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Dave Sproul, KASI names on Iowa State. He joins us next. Fourteen sixty kicks and 106.3 FM. This ain't your daddy's sports station. Well, well, it probably is, but you get the point. Fourteen sixty AM and now one oh six point three FM. This is Des Moines Sports Station. Terms and conditions apply. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Should we let it go? Just... Play this thing out for the next four or five minutes. I, I don't think Cyclophase can complain too much. No, I don't think they will. There's, there's a certain population that don't love this as their post game song. Well, but it's because so many other because t- the Red, Red Sox, Sox yeah. used it. I don't know. 
kind of works at Jack Trice, it does, right? Absolutely. Is there a victory like they had on? Uh, look at Oklahoma might not be Oklahoma. I don't give a damn. It doesn't matter. Been, it's they been sixty years, right? Uh, since they marched into Ames and left with an L, and they did on Saturday night, and Dave Sproul was there, and he just listened to Matt Campbell on the teleconference. Dave, of course, K-A-S-I in Ames, 1430. That's where the Cyclones play in Story County. Dave Sproul, Trenton Ken, Dave, how are you? I am fantastic. Good to speak with you, Dave Sproul. Just had a tweet. Cut that song. And that's a Cyclone fan. It is. Um, <laughs> Told you there's those people there out few, there. Apparently. Uh, Dave, uh, you just uh, were uh, participating in Matt Campbell's teleconference. Any news come out of that? Nope. Still waiting on word on uh, Trevor Downing and uh, nothing definitive there. And he, he said that uh, he was hoping for more news early in the week, which is really very uh, undefined. Uh, so you just wait and watch and Again, I'm, I'm not anticipating we'll know anything about his status until uh, kickoff on Saturday. He'll be day-to-day, every day this week, indeed. Uh, yep. You know, Tariq Milton got on the field, actually had an impact play uh, on the field, uh, but was obviously limited. Dave, was that the, the takeaway after the game that, uh, yep, he was out there, but not quite 100% yet? Yeah, I don't, I don't think Campbell addressed that specifically, at least not to my memory, but it, it certainly looked like he was not a guy at full speed quite quite there yet. Uh, but uh, his presence on, on the field certainly helped not only that big play, but the fact that he was able to make a play like that and, and force the defense to respect another weapon out there along with Charlie Kohler and, and you know, you saw what some of those other guys did. So uh, it's th- certainly something that I would say needs at the very least to have him out there to give him the threat of, of a big play or, or make, you know, just defenses uh, aware of, of another weapon out there on the on the field. So, Brees Hall is special. We, we have seen that now during his two years as a starter. Burst onto the seam last year as a freshman. Nobody else touched the ball, though, outside of Brock Purdy in the backfield. Week before against TCU, one carry for Johnny Lang, one big one for Kane Nwangu. But over the course, even in an abbreviated season, you can't just rely on one running back. How much do you anticipate, especially with the game against Texas Tech, where you feel like you should be able to control it, we're going to see a little bit more than just Hall in the backfield? Yeah, I would imagine at some point you'll start to see uh, the ball get sped around carries-wise. Now, uh, Matt Campbell will never admit that, well, you know, it's Texas Tech and we can take it easy. Yeah. We don't need to be at our best to win that game. because, And frankly, Texas Tech has shown, you know, if you slack off a little bit or mm-hmm. if you let them in the game, they're going to be in the game. So you can't really take anything for granted until you play Kansas. But uh, I would imagine that uh, they will need to give Brees Hall a bit of a rest from time to time. 28 carries a game probably is a bit much for any running back. You know, and as much as I am uh, impressed by him running the football, Dave, it's the other things he does. Uh, And I don't know if he's been this good at pass protection since he got to Ames and started, uh, you know, four games in when he started to make an impact. But every time I watch him, even going back to last year, when there's a linebacker blitzing through, you know, through an open open uh, hole, Hall knows his responsibility and is willing to you know to put himself in front of that blitzing backer in order to make a play and, and give his quarterback that necessary time he's great running the football but there's more to his game than just that yeah and i'm pretty certain matt campbell and his staff wouldn't give him that opportunity last year if they weren't confident in his ability to pick yeah. up blitzes and, and throw some blocks out there that's something they value a lot coaches just love that kind of stuff whether you're talking about peewee football all the way up to the nfl so that's part of the game that they, they certainly take into account. They love that about David Montgomery, that he was 
you know, willing to stick his nose in there and make some blocks. And the Bears love that about David Montgomery. And uh, you're, you're seeing that with Brees Hall, too. And that's something you have to do. If you're going to be a successful running back in the major conference level or any level, I, I would imagine, you got to be you got to be willing to throw your body at some oncoming defenders. Bag of tricks were out. Dylan Sainer with the throw. I was joking with Ken earlier. Give you a list of all the special or all the uh, skill position players. He would have been way down there, the guy that throw it. But found out that he was a high school quarterback, so it makes a little bit more sense there. You could see though from the from the opener, this team was ready to go. And even a game they didn't play great, they're pulling some tricks out. I just felt like they were the better team. They were just better than Oklahoma, even a day where they didn't bring their A effort. Right, and that's that's something to really kind of pause and let's think in is that Iowa State beat Oklahoma, and Iowa State did not play its best game. No. There were some pretty questionable throws by Proc Purdy mm-hmm. in, the, in the double coverage. A couple times it paid off with pass interference calls. A couple times he was very lucky yep. that uh, his passes weren't intercepted. And there were a couple breaks there. I mean, Oklahoma committed some untimely penalties, and they had two almost sure touchdowns slip through the hands of receivers that would have been huge game changers for them. So, you know, you've you got to get a little bit of both there when you're when you're playing a team. you got to make plays. you got to, you know, get some breaks. And, and it's the team that makes more plays in the end that wins, obviously. And Iowa State made, you know, one or two more plays to, to come away with a victory. But it's one of the first things that Matt Campbell told uh, ESPN after the game. And one, of, one of the things he told me after the game, there's still plenty of room for improvement, and he didn't hide the fact that he was a little frustrated yep. that there were things they could have done better. Yeah, and it was uncharacteristic penalties, I think, probably at the at the top of that list. And, you know, in his before he got off the field he, and he spoke to ESPN, I think he made that very clear. He was not – It's and I, he might have changed once he got back into the locker room and you guys uh, had your opportunity to speak with him after the game. It seemed like he walked off Jack Trice and they just beat in Oklahoma, but he wasn't a happy camper. I didn't sense that at all. I I thought that he's probably, like, you want to have a good win and then have something that you can light a fire or get after your team with, right? I don't think that he's going to have any problem getting his team's attention this week because of how uncharacteristically uh, they were not a disciplined football team on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, that's something that coaches, you know, really harp on is, is being disciplined, doing your job, uh, taking care of your assignments. And there were some some areas where Iowa State was lacking, uh, on Saturday night and some things where uh, they can definitely improve. And a guy like Matt Campbell doesn't get to be as good a coach as he is without, you know, understanding that if you don't constantly strive for improvement, you're not going to improve. And it, it can't be, you can't be just satisfied uh, beating Oklahoma as monumental as that might be to uh, Iowa state in, in terms of the history of its football program. It's not something you can, you know, hang your hat on and rest your laurels. You, you got to move on. You got to, still find areas to improve. Matt did find a, a little bit of enjoyment, at least based on the, the video that went around on uh, Iowa State social media immediately after the game where he got lifted up by the players. Yeah. He seemed to enjoy that in the locker room. Uh, but other than that, yeah, he's going to keep his nose to the grindstone. He's going to keep pushing to make his team better every day, and that's what makes him as, as good a coach as he is. You know, Trent asked me a really good question at the beginning of the show, and I want you to ask Dave Sproul this, okay. Trent, because I thought it was spot on as far as uh, where, uh, after two games. Oh, about... Where the season ends. Dave, you've been around the Iowa State program for a long time now. And we know expectations of the football program, they've led down some dark paths for Iowa State football. If this doesn't culminate, though, in an appearance in Dallas, not win the whole thing, but at least get there, is this considered a disappointment from what we've seen here the first couple of weeks of the Big 12? 
Yeah, that's not an easy answer, a question to answer because historically speaking, uh, you shouldn't be disappointed just in, you know, having a winning record or going mm-hmm. to a bowl. But if you also, you look at, you know, the Matt Campbell timeline so far, it was a, a pick up for a, a season or two and then kind of leveled off last year, just in, at least in terms of wins and losses. And, um, it got to a couple of really good bowl games in those two seasons, but you, you do, you, you know, they came into last year with hopes of, of making the Big 12 championship game and they were in it right up until the last couple of weeks of the season. And they'll probably be in it down the stretch again this season. And, you know, two years in a row of having that within your grasp and, and seeing it slip through can be, uh, pretty frustrating. So I, I think you had to kind of balance the, the two, uh, sets of expectations. And I can understand, you know, you got to have, uh, some perspective. You got to understand that an eight win season, especially in a season like this is, is pretty darn good. And in fact, might be good enough to get you in the big yeah. 12 championship. I think game it will be. Things are playing out, but you can also, you can also feel that disappointing appointment uh, of coming up short of, of that goal too, you know, without letting it, uh, eat you alive too much. They've got a tiebreaker against Oklahoma, the head-to-head. That likewise against TCU, and TCU looks as though I mean they, you could tell that they got a lot better between game one and game number two. They've got the head-to-head. Twenty-fourth of October, uh, coming out of the bye week after the Texas Tech uh, game happens this weekend, when they go to Stillwater, the uh, the uh, ramifications of that one could be very, very huge for this. Dave Sproul, we will talk with you on Friday, Dave. Thank you for what you do for us. I appreciate it, Dave Sproul. My pleasure. Have a good one, guys. You do the same. Dave Sproul, K-A-S-I in Ames. You're right, Trent. It is. It would be disappointing. Beat Oklahoma, beat TCU, got those two tiebreakers. Texas, and they're not that good. Oklahoma's not running the table. No, I can't see that at all. Oklahoma might get beat by... I have no idea who's going to win the Red River shootout. What I do know is that game... Was appointment television? I'm gonna be looking for another game. I'll be looking forward to that one. I, t- I told you when we were talking about you, you like train wrecks, yeah. I do. I love that game. I think it's gonna be entertaining. Yeah. I think it's gonna be close. The the strongest of the pillow fight, maybe. Ooh. Think about what we're saying. I mean, the Red River shootout poof, with two. I don't know. Howard Schnellenberger is not coaching Oklahoma. <laughs> this isn't John Blake That's a here. Great point. This is. These are two programs yep. led by two prominent coaches that haven't quite got it done. Nope. Lincoln Riley, his teams can score. Yep. Maybe. And I like Spencer Rattler, too. Spencer Rattler's going to be a problem before his yeah, career is no over doubt, No doubt. He's, he's going to be very good, uh-huh. but he's young. Yep. He's a freshman. Right. And That's, so is Seth McGowan, the running back, who mm-hmm. I also think is going to be yes. a problem before his career is over. They got some guys. Anyways, um, Rambo didn't light up the field on, no. on Saturday night. The young Rambo? The young Rambo, yeah. Yes. He didn't light it up. Mims was hardly saw him, and and he's another talented Oklahoma, freshman. They're soft. They're on the defensive side of the football. That's a soft team. Things start to not go their way. A lot of the things Grinch fixed some things a year ago. Are we sure that wasn't Mike Stoops over there back uh, as a defensive coordinator? Because it didn't look like the Oklahoma team that took steps forward defensively. Did ago. you see uh, uh, the other Stoops, Mark, running off the field chasing the officials after the Ole Miss-Kentucky game? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Hey, you know what? We have, we've got this far, and we've got 15 minutes left in the show. John Haycock deserves a, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, a five stars as well. The, the adjustments, adjustments oh. yes, absolutely. They... They look like a different team. They looked mm-hmm. completely different defensively what they did in the second half. They were He's de- a wizard. Yes, he is. They would hide the running back behind the offensive line and delay him coming out of the backfield and then hit him on a little pass. Mm-hmm. And Iowa State had no answer for that early. That happened like two or three times. And then second half, I don't think I saw it once. Or if I, 
I certainly didn't see it work once. When you got Mike Rose, he can cover up a lot of those things, too. And you know who else played really well? I get it. Now, Ryan Vance played well, too. Mm-hmm. I thought Jake Hummel, Hummel yeah, I, played his best that game was in as my a notes. Cyclone. Yes, I was right there with you. He played really, really well. A guy that's not going to wow you with uh-uh. athleticism, but he was in the right spot. Yep. And he was making plays, and that's what you need. Fun team. You know what else we need? We need Mr. Monday Night to help uh-huh. us out. Is he ready? He's ready to roll. So is Neil Diamond. I'll play this into break. We'll come back Mr. Monday Night. We'll join Miller and Condon next. 1460, 106.3 FM. Football is back. It's about damn time. We've got you covered from high school to the pros, the Hawkeyes, Cyclones, and more. Right here on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. In building. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. couple of minutes here on a Monday. Mr. Monday Night going to give us his forecast tonight. Now there are two games. Does Mr. Monday Night cross over to CBS when there's a game on KCCI tonight? The Patriots now getting, what, 11? 11, 11 and a half in a couple of shops. Shop around. I wouldn't be surprised to see that a tick higher. Stidham with the start. More it is going to be Stidham. That's what I thought it was going to be Stidham. I, I, They're not going to go Hoyer. I would be shocked. Now, from, Nick said it's going to be Hoyer when he joined us at the last yeah. hour. That would surprise me. Uh-huh. That would surprise me. But in a year of surprises, <laughs> I would not be shocked. But uh, So is Mr. Monday Night saving his best work for ESPN? Yeah, that's my favorite bet of the night. Okay. Now, I told you on Friday, this is part of our five-pack of picks. Mm-hmm. I have the Patriots plus seven. I do have a ticket like that. It's actually seven and a half. I'm going to buy back the other way and try to middle. So I'm looking for eight, nine, or ten. If it finishes there, Chiefs win by eight, nine, or ten. I will double up. I don't get very many middling opportunities. And that's a big, that's a big middle. That's a nice middle. <laughs> right. So I am going to jump on that and at least uh, get a chance to double things up because it happens so rarely. I figured. Eh, and it's not? Belichick, Trent. It is. Yeah, the, he will have a game plan. Uh-huh. Will be good enough. Well, it's Seems also Patrick like Mahomes on the other side. Well, that's true. But my favorite, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. My better the night. Here's Mister Monday Night. I got a banger for you tonight. The under, completely opposite of what Dave Sinekin told us earlier mm-hmm. on, on our Packer preview. He's got just under seventy points scored in this game. Fifty-eight was the number. It's ticked down. It's fifty-seven or fifty-seven and a half. I got it at fifty-seven. Unfortunately, I'd like to have that half too. But this is a game. We'll see about Devontae Adams as we sit here. Mm-hmm. Would you be surprised if he plays? Because I would. Well, they want to hold him out until after the bye. Right. The Packers do. I get he wants to be out there. That's Atlanta. I think he probably sees that defense. Boy, I could, I could have a 250-yard night. They're, they're 31st in pass defense. This is an Aaron Jones game. This is. Okay. We have. Brian Clock. Valdez, Scantling, and that is about it yeah. at the wide receiver group. The tight end group still isn't great. Sternberger has not turned out, I don't mm-hmm. think, to be the guy a lot of people anticipated. Got a good O-line. We're going to run the football. We're going to be able to control this game. 
we're going to be able to win playing that way. Aaron Jones, 25, 28 touches. I, I expect something like that. A lot of clock eaten up. So going to be points. 57's a ton in an So NFL you game. like the under I in like this game. like the under. Everyone's zigging. I'm going to zag. Mr. Monday Night looks to get back in the winning side of things. All right, good stuff. Yeah, well, when everybody's going one way, you're usually well-served going the other. I so haven't we'll looked see. to see, you know, percentage-wise, I'm going to guess. Overs in general, especially in the NFL. They're, they're hitting. Yeah. This one, though, just those high, high numbers. I would love to see statistically, once it gets past 53, 54 in that range, how many of those games, when they're placed that high, end up going under. Feels like it's more than more often than not. At the very least. We shall see. Well, Monday Night Football, again, a double dip tonight, 6 o'clock for the early one. Uh, by the way, Cyclone fans, uh, the coach's show, Matt Campbell, and I'm sure Jamie Pollard will be a part of it as well. 6.30 here tonight on KXNO. Uh, so plenty still to come local-wise. Murph and Andy in at 2, the Fanatics at 4, then the Iowa State Coaches Show at 6.30. Morning Rush will be out tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Your opportunity to win $1,000 coming up once on Murph and Andy and a couple of times in the Fanatics. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays 10 to noon. Thanks for being with us on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. The Sports Fanatics. On 1460 AM and 106.3 FM, this is KXNO.